Hello everybody and welcome back to OMB Reviews. I am the critic who is a cynic. How is everyone doing this evening? Welcome back to the channel. Welcome to the One Man Low Council and episode 204 of the Welcome to Asgard podcast. And thank you very much for putting up with this early start time. We are on a schedule with Baby Thor and his bath time has been around 8 p.m. or so. And because it is a little bit more difficult to bathe him by oneself, I wanted to be sure that we could get this stream over by 8 p.m. or a little after 8 p.m. Uh, that's going to be the cutoff time. Um, so please just be aware of that as the time goes on, 8 p.m. Eastern time. If you could just, uh, before then, slow down on questions and comments, that would be uh, very much appreciated as such. Uh, but we should be able to get through everything by then. But that is why we have an early start time tonight. It should not be regular. Uh, maybe another week or so, perhaps. We're going to try and transition him to a new schedule that will have the uh, bath time actually be earlier. So it'll be right before the stream once we actually switch that. Um, and so at that point, then it should not conflict with the stream. But thank you again uh, for your patience. I try to put it out on all the social media platforms. I put it up on the Discord as well. So hopefully everyone knows that we have started early. So let's say hello to some people in the chat really quickly. Starting over on DLive, we got Animation Commentator. How is it going? Good, sir. He is a part of the DLive fam. Heading now to YouTube, we got Hardwick has become a member at the Citizen of Asgard level. Hardwick, thank you, man. You've been here long enough. You've asked enough questions. Thank you for finally becoming a member. I appreciate it. <laughs> uh, how's it going, good sir? We got Mr. Roy in the chat. What's going on, Mr. Roy? Slicer Neons, how is it going? We got Bryant Barth. Hail Bryant. He starts off with a question. Well, do you think Legendary will fight Warner Brothers? P.S. Which do you think is better, Shawshank or Stand By Me? Well, the second question is difficult because those are two very different movies. Um, so I think they're both great for different reasons. I think Shawshank might be the better overall film. However, if you were to ask me which one would I rather watch again now, it would be Stand By Me. Because I feel like Stand By Me is actually a lot more palatable. Because Shawshank is pretty... Not to say that Stand By Me is not dark, but I feel like Shawshank is a lot darker and a lot more of a journey. It's also a longer film. So, yeah, it's a, it's, it's a difficult question to answer for that reason because they're both great for different reasons overall. But I think Shawshank technically would be the better overall film. Now, to your first question, uh, Legendary is fighting Warner Brothers on this. They have issued, uh, based on the report I covered the other day, they've issued legal documents to Warner Brothers. Now, whether or not that will go anywhere, whether or not they can actually do anything, is the number one question. We honestly don't know the answer to that yet, but hopefully we should find out. Um, as the days go on. Uh, we got Tina B, the Empress of the Universe, and one of my Valks. Thank you for being here. And yes, Steph will be a little late because I am a little early, so it makes total sense. Griffin Turbo, how is it going? Thirsteenth Warrior in the chat, how is it going? Pat S, who's a member on the channel, how's it going? ZK Man, what's going on, ZK Man? He is a member on the channel and one of the Chosen of Valhalla, as Mr. Roy also was. ZK Man says, Odin starting earlier means I can start my birthday partying earlier. JK, I'm not partying. Well, happy birthday, ZK Man, if it is still your actual birthday, or if that was just a comment. <laughs> All righty then. Uh, the chat has jumped on me like it always does. And I've been having issues for some reason. Whenever I go to live chat, um, it just messes up and, and, it, and it doesn't doesn't do anything. So hopefully uh, there's not any issues on y'all's end. Uh, because I normally have live chat, and it's just top chat, and if I try and change it, things disappear, and that's not a good thing. Alex McCarthy, who's a member of the channel, what's going on, Alex? 
He tagged me as well, and he says, Howdy, Odin, how's it going with the pizza and the Thor? David Thor is doing fine, didn't nap too well today, uh, but for the most part, he's doing all right. Had some nice feedings this evening. Um, and, of course, bathe in him after the stream ends. And as far as the pizza, no no pizza tonight. But we did have pizza yesterday, so I had it for lunch. I had leftover pizza for lunch, and it was delightful. It really was. Uh, Peter Han, what's going on? How is it going? Good to see you here. Uh, Heimdall is on. You're welcome, Will Gentry. I made sure that that was <laughs> going on within seconds. We got waiting for an Andronic Laura. Laura, how is it going? Uh, speaking uh, speaking of Laura, I, I I need to I I need to show Laura something that I think is incredibly important. Now, whether or not I'll be able to pull this off correctly, I don't know. But I think that it kind of we've been having a little bit of of a debate, um, and it's been a very important debate um, for a very long time now. And so hopefully this will show up for everybody. Um, let's see, will it show up? Right now, it's just a black screen. <laughs> so let's see. Let's see if I can uh, pull it up. There we go. Boom. All right. So this is to add it to the fire. Uh, Gina Carano, who both uh, <laughs> who both Laura and I are fans of, uh, has this to say about Christmas. She says it's beginning to look a lot like Christmas. And what is that? A photo of? Oh, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Is that is that Die Hard? Is she referencing Die Hard? As a Christmas movie, I think she is. Ergo, the argument has fish, has officially and fully been won by me. Laura, there it is. Gina Carano has confirmed that it is indeed a Christmas movie. And so therefore, in the immortal words of one Willy Wonka, you lose. Good day. I say good day. <laughs> uh, I had to show that to you. But anyway, thank you for being here, Laura. And thank you for being also a mod. Orange Hat Reviews, what's going on? He says, hello, everyone. Hail Odin. Hail to you. He's a member on the channel as well. Um, Hologram Nunjuk, hail to you. Thank you for being active over on the second channel. Uh, by the way, I do have a second channel called the OMB Report. And I'll do a little actual segment uh, that is OMB Report-esque to start off the show tonight. To show you exactly what kind of content you can expect. Nathan Slay tagged, what's going on? Good sir, says howdy Odin, how's it going? How is it going? Uh, let's see, Pat S says, transitioning bath times. Someone sounds like a first-time parent. Yes, indeed. It is about that time, indeed. Sasha Dion's tagged, says, will humanity unite to protect ourselves from alien invasion? Or should we welcome our new ant overlords? You mean the galactic, what is it, the galactic agency, the galactic republic? Um, or whatever it is called. Yeah, sure. <laughs> I don't buy into that stuff, but but you 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 can. Uh, Margie Smiles, thank you very much for subscribing to the channel. Glad that I'm getting the subscribe notifications now. Keck44, how is it going? Glad to see you in the chat. Hunter Iggy, what's going on, Iggy? Nathan Slay tagged at 633 and said, Mulan, let's get down to business to defeat the Huns. And then Bruce Willis and Die Hard. Let's get down to business to defeat Hans. <laughs> uh, I like that, Nathan. I like that. I like it a lot. I like it a lot. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. All right. Shannon's jumped on me like it always does. Just just tends to do that. Just tends to do that. Um, let's just see. But luckily, no comments have been skipped. Heimdall went a little nuts 
Uh, looks like he may have calmed down a little bit, but it is hard to say one way or the other. Um, let's jump over to DLive. Let's see if what's, anything's going on over there. Biffy Tannen's over there. What's going on, Biffy Tannen? Putting a cute image of a puppy. Putting a very cute image of a puppy. I appreciate that very, very much. Thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. All right, let's see. Nathan Slay says, The Shawshank Redemption is a perfect movie to me, by the way. So emotionally satisfying, and the movie goes by fast for me. Well, by long movie, I just meant runtime in comparison to the very quick 90 minutes of Stand By Me. Um, I agree. I think Shawshank's a, I think it is the definition of what many would consider to be a perfect movie uh, by a lot of standards, which is why it's impossible to compare that to another really great, solid movie, uh, in Stand By Me. I don't know if I would call Stand By Me a quintessential perfect film, but it's definitely a solid film. No doubt about it. Orange Review says, I didn't ask for a cookie count this time, Heimdall. Well, I, I guess he's just going nuts. You want to get nuts? Let's get nuts. Uh, <laughs> and Laura Lowe goes, la la la, not listening. <laughs> very, very uh, Princess Bride ask of you. <laughs> I am not listening to you. <laughs> uh, she says, no. <laughs> well, too bad you've lost. You have lost. Gina Carano has said it, and therefore, since she is queen, she wins. All right, Tina B says, Critical Drinker did a video about Die Hard, and I guess it being a Christmas movie, haven't watched his video yet. I haven't seen it yet either. Soul Assassin, how's it going? Nathan Slade Taddy says, To me, Die Hard is not only one of the best Christmas movies, it's one of the greatest movies ever. You can poke fun at me for how much of a Die Hard fanboy I am. Again, I wouldn't personally say it's one of the best films ever. However, it is a great film. It is a lot of fun. It's a fun franchise to a point. Obviously, it gets to a point where you're like, mm, uh, maybe you should have stopped. Maybe didn't have to keep on going, but no, no judgments here. It's a good, it's a good film, as Laura puts the thumbs down. <laughs> ZK Man says, yes, Odin, to answer your question about my comment, tomorrow is technically on my birthday. Well, happy early birthday to ZK Man, and says, I know that you're over on that West Coast time. Happy early, early birthday to you. <laughs> uh, Ernest Rojas, what's going on? Welcome to the chat. Blake St. Clair is here. Uh, Laura says, can I give a negative super chat? No, you can't. Too bad. Too bad. You lose. Good day, sir. As Blake St. Clair said right above you, you stole fizzy lifty drinks. <laughs> You've contaminated the ceiling, which now needs to be washed. God, that's such a great film. Uh, Alice McCarthy, who's a member and tag, says, Die Hard and Scrooged and Christmas Vacation, best Christmas movies. So there's one movie I was introduced to uh, when I was fully welcomed into my wife's clan. And it is something called Eddie's First Christmas. Look it up on YouTube. Eddie's First Christmas. It is hilarious. It is cheesy hilarious. And at one point... The main character, who is a dog puppet, sings a song, Is Your Heart a Manger? And it is hilarious. So I'm sure my wife may have heard that and said, <laughs> Why is he singing Eddie's Christmas? Slash um, Neon says, Klaus is a better Christmas movie, but Die Hard and Angels with fi Filthy Souls are valid Christmas movies. Yes, I would agree with both of those. And Klaus is definitely a better Christmas. Like, that is... Christmas, right? Because it's about Santa Claus. Like, it's about Klaus. Of course, it's going to be a better Christmas movie, but both of those are still Christmas movies. Yep, I would agree. Pat S., who's a member, says, Top three Rob Reiner movies, Stand By Me at number three, Princess Bride at number two, and A Few Good Men at number one. I had no idea he did A Few Good Men. Speaking of films, I have not seen. I've actually not seen A Few Good Men. 
I know, of course, the line, you can't handle the truth, which will be a little bit of the subject I'll talk about in the first segment dealing with the OMB report. Uh, but yeah, Stand By Me is fantastic. Princess Bride also is fantastic as well. Um, Eric K is a member. What's going on? Uh, <laughs> I see Bradley in there. What's going on, Bradley Brown? How's it going, good sir? <laughs> There's no need to post more than once, Bradley Brown. I fall 20 minutes behind every time. It's just the way it goes. That's just the way it goes. How's it going, good sir? How is college? I believe you're in college now. Should be in college now. I hope it is going swimmingly well. Swimming, swimmingly well. We got 33 people watching. We are early tonight, so I imagine there's some people who don't follow the social media accounts. Uh, but anyway, thank you for the 33 people that are indeed here. Uh, and before jumping any further, let's go ahead and dive into this bit of news that I wanted to talk about today uh, for the OMB report segment. I don't really have any official music uh, to segue. Maybe I should get like a little newsreel thing going. Um, But yeah, it is an interesting case. And it is something, let me see if I can pull up an article. That way I can have it up while I'm I'm talking about it. Because it's something that I've been very confused about. Um, It's something that I still very much... um, I'm not quite sure exactly how to read into it, but I think it's important nonetheless, and I think I may have figured it out. So for those that have been following the OMB report, you know I've been covering a lot of, uh, you know, obviously politics and news, and one of the things I've been talking about is the Supreme Court, and the Supreme Court specifically in the 2020 election. And so tonight, the Supreme Court issued a ruling where it rejected a GOP-led request Uh, which was looking for emergency relief. It was looking for essentially an emergency injunction to stop the certification, the further certification of the results in Pennsylvania. And tonight, without any uh, actual named justices, with no opinions listed uh, and no vocal dissents, they threw out the case, meaning that they denied the request for the emergency injunction. And so, obviously, the news picks this up, and it says, Supreme Court rejects it, nullifies Biden win. Like, rather, it denies and rejects the request to nullify the Biden win. It's over. It's done. There's a problem, though, with that, and that's a couple things. One, the case that was that was denied here is actually technically still active because this was an emergency petition to the Supreme Court. And so the emergency petition has been denied. However, the case is still active in the lower courts. Basically, what the Supreme Court seems to have done here is to say that they want that case to go through the normal means, which is you go to court, you win or lose, right? And if you lose, you appeal, you go, and again, you go from court to court to court till eventually, naturally, you get to, at the very end, your very last appeal would be to the Supreme Court. And so basically what we have going on is that this case has actually not been ruled on by the merits, which means they haven't actually looked at the substance of this case. So the only thing that was thrown out tonight by the Supreme Court was this emergency injunction, which kind of makes sense because the Supreme Court was going to obviously want most cases to go through the natural means of the courts. What's interesting, though, and I think which will make this case specifically make more sense, and obviously this is contingent upon the second thing I'm about to say, is that Texas earlier today filed a, uh, basically filed a lawsuit against four states, uh, against, I believe it was uh, Wisconsin, 
I believe it was also Georgia, Pennsylvania, and Michigan. I believe that those were the states. And the lawsuit was essentially that these states have wronged the people of Texas and other states, too, by not holding their people, essentially, to constitutional standards, by violating state law, by violating constitutional law, etc., And so what some people are now speculating, and obviously this could easily change if the Supreme Court says, nope, too bad, uh, this is not valid, is that the reason why the Supreme Court ruled so quickly um, on this specific case uh, that was brought forward, again, the one that I have up on the screen right now, is because it is very similar to the case that Texas just brought. And so therefore, they could easily say, oh, no, 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 we're going to reject your emergency request because we want you to go through the lower courts the way it should be. The Texas request, though, since they're suing other states, that is directly under the purview of the Supreme Court, meaning that it does not need to go to any other lower courts. In fact, it doesn't go to any lower courts. This is the jurisdiction of the Supreme Court is when uh, you have issues between states. And so earlier today, not only did they file, the Supreme Court has officially put that case on their docket, meaning that they will indeed make a uh, decision on it. And they could easily say... We're not going to listen to the case. That could be very similar to what they did in this case that I have up on the screen. So just say, nope, uh, we're just going to deny you upright. You could also potentially see them say, we're willing to listen to your case. And then they could rule one way or the other. And they or or they could rule and say, all right, you listed a lot of different, essentially a, a lot of different paths that, that the court could take, essentially. Um, and so basically it was looking for, you know, they filed the case and they wanted what we call relief. Uh, and relief just just means like an answer. So throwing throwing out ballots would be one example of relief. Stopping certification would be one example of relief. Another one they listed is letting the state legislatures um, handle uh, these cases directly and uh, basically delay the December fourteenth um, deadlines for, or rather, the December fourteenth deadline for the electors to actual vote. Um, because for those that don't know, we are not a direct democracy here in the United States. We are a constitutional republic. And so therefore, when we vote on election day, we're not voting for a direct candidate. We're voting for electors. And then whoever gets, typically, whoever gets the popular vote in a state, then that means that that's, that person's electors are selected. And then on December 14th, they are actually voting in the electoral college. And then whoever gets 270 electoral votes becomes the president elect and the vice president elect, which is why we don't really have one yet. Um, even though the media has been saying, oh, vice president elect, president elect, not officially yet because the electoral college has not voted yet because we are not a democracy in that way. Um, So I find that interesting. And so, as I said, basically, this is an interesting case because if Texas wins this case, it depends, of course, what a victory looks like. Because a victory could simply be, say, all right, December 14th is no longer the deadline. Now it's December 18th that the Electoral College will vote, right? Or it could simply be we're not going to have any deadline and the state legislatures can decide uh, whatever it is that they want to decide. It could be a lot of things. It could also simply be, nope, uh, this election is over and we're not going to hear your case. What I will be most interested by, however, is who actually rules where, because it'll give us a good understanding of where the current justices on the court stand on the issue of the constitutionality of state laws and federal laws, because there have been clear violations of law. No matter what side you're on, there have been clear violations of state laws. And so the question is going to be, is the Supreme Court willing to take those cases up in a timely manner or not? And in this case, the one I have up on the screen, since this was brought by individual plaintiffs from a specific state who have not yet gone through the other courts, 
uh, or at least all of the other courts that they should go through before ruling on the merits makes sense the Supreme Court would say we're not going to uh, we're not going to allow your emergency request in this case but since the Texas case is directly under the Supreme Court's jurisdiction meaning there are no other courts that can rule on it we could potentially see something different so anyway I found this case very interesting and that's why I wanted to talk about it for this first segment tonight from the OMB report so if you like that if you like that kind of content and that kind of commentary go check out my second channel the OMB report you can find a link for it in the description of this video, and I would appreciate it. All right, let me jump now back over to, let's see, no one's talking on DLive fam, that's okay. Hope everyone's fine on DLive. I imagine the DLive fam don't follow me on social media or on the Discord, um, and don't know that we started early. So <laughs> I imagine some people will start rolling in soon saying, wait a minute, wait a tick, how long have you been on? What's going on here? All right, let's jump back over to YouTube, where, uh, just to shout him out again, Eric K says, hail all, hail to you, Eric K. Keck44 says, I wonder if Gina likes pineapple on pizza. Disgusting, Keck44. Of course she doesn't. Of course she doesn't. She is nothing but uh, honest and truthful. <laughs> Laura says, Gina Carano probably likes candy corn. Well, candy corn's delicious, so that would be a good thing. <laughs> yes. Hail, Pat-ass. Um, Let us see. Who else is in the chat tonight? Bryant Barth tagged and says, Breaking news from Jeremy. Santa refuses to give Nerf gun for kid, gets fired from job, and real Santa gives Nerf gun to kid. I didn't hear about the Santa getting fired, but yeah, that's something that uh, Stephen Crowder uh, on Ladder with Crowder uh, this morning on his on his morning show uh, did that. So he dressed up as Santa, uh, gave him a Nerf gun, and that's awesome. Uh, that, that's fantastic. Yeah, the original video is heartbreaking because the kid asked for a Nerf gun, and the Santa's like, no guns. Nope, not going to give you any guns. Is there anything else you want? And the kid starts crying because that, that's that's the main thing that he wanted. Um, and I understand having a certain policy, like if the kid asked for an actual gun, okay, I can understand why a Santa would be told, no, you can't do that. But a Nerf gun? Really? Come on, man. Like, that's ridiculous. But yes, that's that's something that I've I've known about since the beginning of the day, because it was there. Um, let's see. Soul Assassin tagged at uh da, 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 tagged at 640 and says, It ain't Christmas without hearing it yippee kaye. That's very true. Uh, remember, if you have a comment or question and you're not a member and you don't super chat or donate, uh, you have to tag Odin Question, all one word Odin Question. Otherwise, I will not read your comment because it will not highlight orange for me. And I usually fall about 20 minutes behind or so. Uh, Tina B. tagged and says, Godfather is also a Christmas movie because they are celebrating Christmas at one point. Lethal Weapon is also a Christmas movie. Here's the difference, though, is that there hasn't really been a cult following for those movies as Christmas movies in the same way as you find with Die Hard. For instance, as I've pointed out several times, the Die Hard copy that I have has a Christmas sweater cover. You don't find the same thing for The Godfather or for Lethal Weapon. I think I've seen more for Lethal Weapon. I think I may have seen images with Lethal Weapon uh, with Mel Gibson's character with a Santa hat on or something. Um, but it's a little different because the cult is not quite the same. And I mean cult in the classical way and not in the creepy <laughs> in the creepy Scientology way. Uh, Cynical Lindsay, it's been a while. What's going on, Cynical Lindsay? Glad to see you in the chat. Robert Frey, how's it going? Thirteenth Warrior tagged and says, Shawshank, a perfect movie. He crawled through the sewer and got no leeches. Stand by me, got leeches. Well, yes, but leeches are not in every body of water. So it, that's, not a, that's not a problem necessarily. Not necessarily. Uh, not, and speaking of the leeches, 
Damn those leeches. That's all I'm going to say about that. You know what I'm talking about. You know what I'm talking about, especially the men who've seen the film. Uh, Nathan Slay tagged at 641 and says, I know Die Hard has been quote-unquote touched since it became a franchise, but I still think Die Hard is untouchable in the way that it should never be remade. If you mean the original, yes, I, I would agree with that. Uh, Bradley Brown tags says, how you been, brother? I've been good. I told you, man, you don't have to, you don't have to comment more than once, bro. Uh, let's see. Orange Eye Reviews, who's a member, says, Odin, I recently saw the 2020 Mulan. Such a confusing narrative throughout that movie. I honestly thought I was very generous with my scores. It's a terrible film. It's a garbage film. It's so bad. The score is the only good thing. The score is actually pretty good. It's actually pretty competently uh, put together. But everything else is trash. Everything else is total trash. The narrative especially is awful. Awful, awful, awful. All right, let's see. Chat has jumped on me, like it always does. You know, you know how that old thing works. All right. Let us see. All right, luckily no comments have been skipped because it's pretty slow so far tonight. Uh, let's see. Still no no, no comments over on DLive. I'm sure my DLive people will. <laughs> we got four people watching on DLive, so thank you for watching on DLive. I appreciate it. Um, all right, let's see. Orange Hat Reviews has another comment. He's a member. He says, we all know the number one Christmas movie is Krampus. Krampus is an excellent Christmas movie. It's also, I would say, a better Black Friday uh, movie because the opening scene is all about Black Friday, and I think it's a great commentary on consumerism and on Americanized Christmas, for sure. So I would agree. I would definitely agree with you on that point. Krampus is great. Eric K says, I was really disappointed in one Christmas movie I saw Krampus. No, no. Why were you disappointed? Was was it that your expectations uh, were too high for it, maybe? I don't know. Uh, Tina says, Siskel and Ebert hated A Few Good Men because Tommy's character told his final strategy at the end, and that's what happened. Why would you spoil the strategy by telling it? I See, I haven't seen it, so uh, you just spoiled it for me. So you just spoiled a spoiler of a spoiler no a sp- you spoiled a spoiler move I, I, don't, I don't know how to say that but anyway um thank you tina for spoiling that uh brad glad to hear that uh, lsu is doing great uh for you mex what's going on good sir two streams in a row bro what's going on man he says just drop in to quickly say good evening and have a great stream well thanks man wish you could stick around wish you could sting around all right, here. Pat S. says, God bless Texas. Damn right. God bless Texas. Also, I think Louisiana may have joined the suit. And if not officially, it gave its support towards the suit. So what could be really interesting is if Texas, uh, if, the, if the lawsuit gets tossed in the same way, what if Louisiana then does an official lawsuit? And then if every state gets tossed, like you just keep going over and over again saying, yes, we're going to make you have to reject every single state um, that has issues with these laws being violated. And then at that point, you start to ask the question, what is the point of the Supreme Court if you're not going to make a ruling on this? Uh, Let's see. Uh, Bradley Brown tagged me and says, are you on team voter fraud or team baseless claims? Uh, So here's the thing. It's a complicated issue. Because there are clear cases of voter impropriety. There's no denial of that. I mean, just look at their voter integrity project found clear evidence of voter impropriety. Remember that fraud requires there to be intent 
And that's something that has to be proven in a court of law, and it has not yet been proven in a court of law. It's also not been allowed to be proven in a court of law, for the record. But I think that that is something that that needs to be said, is that uh, fraud itself has not been actually proven because intent has not actually been proven yet, because that has to be proven in court, and it has not yet. Um, However, there are clear cases of voter irregularity and voter impropriety. Those would be the official terms for it. And no, there, there are clear um, clear evidence of that, especially when you look to the fact, uh, in Pennsylvania especially, you had a law that went against Pennsylvania's own constitution, uh, which means that those ballots that were cast in that way have to be put in question, because it's a, if it's a violation of state law, then how can you count those ballots, right? Or at least how can you count them the way in which they've been counted so, thus far? So, yeah, I mean, it's not baseless claims, because there there's a clear basis. Now, I'm not on the team conspiracy, where it's like, oh, all the machines flipped everything, and every, like, there's no real clear evidence of that yet. I do think the machines should be looked into, just so, here's my thing. Every single claim should be investigated, so that whoever gets inaugurated on Inauguration Day has a clean election, right? Has a clean um, day of inauguration. No questions are left. Every stone has been unturned, because then, for four years, we can say, this was the legitimate person who got elected, where if you have what kind of what's happening now is if these courts just say, oh, we're not even going to let you state your claims or we're not even going to let you present your sworn affidavits. Um, we're not going to let you present your evidence of any kind. Then at that point, I think that you're just going to leave like right, literally right now. There are millions, tens of millions of people in this country that believe that this election was fraudulent. That is not a good thing. Like just practically speaking, that is not a good thing to have for a new incoming president to have millions of Americans think you're illegitimate. So for me, I don't care which way it it goes in the end, as long as these cases get looked into. Um, obviously, I think that one person might be better suited uh, to actually respect constitutional law, to actually respect uh, the rights of states than the other. And obviously, one is more one is actually pro-life, where the other is clearly pro-choice, um, which again is the biggest issue for me personally. Um, however. At a practical level, all I want is for the truth to be allowed to come out and for us to be allowed to ask the questions and to actually investigate, which has not really happened yet. Hopefully that answers the question because it's definitely more complicated. Pat S., who's a member, says this is going to the House or uh, House of Representatives. I don't know. Here's the thing. Um, Basically, here's what's going to happen for anyone wondering about the schedule. So on December 14th, the Electoral College meets to actually officially cast their votes. You could have, theoretically, um, a House legislation, uh, or rather the, let's say, for instance, the Georgia House, want to call a special session. And apparently they may be able to actually do that without the governor, um, because the governor's been blocking that to this point. Let's say the state legislature in Georgia sends a different set of electors. Well, then at that point, there's a lot of confusion, because now you've got two sets of electors at the Electoral College voting two different ways, potentially. And if that were to happen, then once it gets to the House, when the votes are officially tabulated and confirmed, you could actually have people bringing up questions and bringing up debates, and that could call things into question. So um, that's one way. The other thing is you could have faithless electors. Faithless electors would be, let's say, uh, that a slate of electors are sent to vote for one person, and then all of them decide to vote for the opposite. Well, a lot of states have laws against that, meaning that if they did vote against it. If they were a faithless elector, 
they would essentially, uh, they could be fined, they could be jailed, depending on what the penalty is in that state. But at the very least, what would happen is their vote would be invalidated, and they would essentially be replaced with votes for who they were supposed to be voting for in the first place, which basically means that a faithless elector, for the most part, can't do much of anything. So um, some people have been saying, what if you have enough faithless electors that leave neither at 270? Again, most states have laws against it, so you're likely not going to get to that point. Um, but you could get to the point where, let's say, Joe Biden, who's most likely to get to 270, let's say that after the Electoral College votes on December 14th, and they decide to start counting, because uh, they have to count on January 6th is when you actually have Congress, the Senate and House, confirm those votes. If you then have in the House of representatives of the entire country and the Senate of the entire country, if you have people bringing up questions, uh, bringing up disputes, you could have a delay in the vote, but it would be very difficult uh, from that position to really be able to make a difference because Democrats control the House, Republicans control the Senate, and you have a lot of Senate Republicans who likely would not want to cause any problems or, or cause any division. So um, I, I think that at the end of the day, there's a 99% chance that Joe Biden gets inaugurated. There is still a chance for Donald Trump. However, it is a very difficult path, um, which would be made a lot easier if the Supreme Court does rule in Texas's favor especially if they grant some of the relief that they're requesting, uh, like, for instance, moving that December 14th Electoral College date or letting, you know, specifically saying all House legislatures in these named states have to decide and have to essentially resolve these issues. Because if that happens, then you, you could potentially have a contingent, what we call a, a contingent election, uh, meaning that the House legislatures are the ones that end up choosing which would be very crazy and interesting. But then again, it is 2020. Anything can happen, man. <laughs> HyperDex13, what's going on? Just another red shirt, what's going on? Thirteenth Warrior, who tagged at 649, says, Even if all the court cases are lost, the ultimate power lies with Congress. If one senator and one congressperson objects to the electors, uh, if the full Congress decides certification. Yeah, so I've, I've heard about that, 13th Warrior. So yeah, basically on January 6th, when, they are, when they're voting to essentially... Uh, certify the results of the Electoral College, if one senator or one congressperson objects, of which we know there's at least one, um, in fact, I would say in the House, there's probably a good group of, what, 60 to 80, max maybe 100 representatives that would probably be willing to speak up. So therefore, I don't know exactly how it works. I don't know if it's an official vote. I, I think that it's it's more so a a symbolic measure than anything else. So if it's an actual vote, then it gets interesting. Because then, obviously, they debate in the House. They can only debate, I think, for two hours max is what the Constitution designates. And then if it would go from the House, I believe, then to the Senate or the Senate votes or as the Senate calculates the votes for one or the other. Again, I don't know exactly how that works. I'll have to do more research into that. But basically, let's say that the House, of course, having a Democratic majority and many Republicans likely would go along with certification it gets to the Senate. If you have all of this, the Republican senators, because keep in mind too, the Georgia runoff election for two Senate seats. Right now, the Senate is 50-48. If both of those seats go to Republicans, you could theoretically, if it is a vote to certify, if two Republican senators uh, essentially go towards and vote with the Democrats to certify, and you have a 50-50 split, if again, if Assuming the Georgia Republic, uh, the Georgia races are both won by the Republicans, because then it would be fifty-two forty-eight. So let's say two Republicans def- defect to Democrat side; it's a fifty-fifty split. You know who the tie-breaking vote is? Mike Pence. 
Now, I don't know if that's how it works, though. I don't know if there's an official vote and if it can happen in that way. My my guess is that if that happened, the Supreme Court would have to make some kind of decision, if I had to guess, but I'm not quite sure. Uh, that nobody guy, thank you for the $5 super chat, says, your beard is epic. I want to live in there. Do you rent? <laughs> Um, I don't, uh, I don't actually rent, but probably I should, maybe I should. <laughs> Nathan Slay, uh, says, uh, tag is 49. Have you seen Donnie Darko? If so, do you recommend it? I have seen it. It is a bit odd. It's hard for me to do a full recommend. Uh, it's a solid film. Jake Gyllenhaal is great in it, but again, it's not a film that I would want to see over and over again, if that makes sense. Uh, Bruce, what's going on? says, YouTube no longer sends me an email notice of your live streams, just an FYI. I th- uh, so, Bruce, that is because they emailed, <laughs> I think, months ago and told everyone they would no longer be sending email notifications. So that is actually legit. That is not YouTube 